All right. How you guys doing tonight? All right. Listen, the energy level in this room is like, like half step away from dead right now. All right. So um, I need you guys to just smile so I can see. Oh, wait. Never mind. You guys, your faces are covered. Uh, it's all good, though. Hey, um, I know there's a lot going on around town. I know like both high schools, both Haggerty and Oviedo have like JV uh, football games right now? Is that going on right Like as we speak? Like, so there's a lot of people spread thin all over the place between that and everything else going on, but we're so glad because the important people are here. Like, the ones that we, we love the most are the ones that are here right now. Just, if you're watching online, that didn't mean that, um, but it's kind of true. All right, but uh, we're so glad you guys are here. We're so excited. Uh, we are taking steps towards normal. Uh, every week, we're getting a little bit closer to um, a similar semblance of what used to be. Um, so we're, we're getting there slowly but surely. Like this past Sunday, if you were here with us, uh, you know that we had small groups for the first time on campus since March. And it was great to see so many of you here. Uh, so many of our friends that we haven't seen in forever uh, came out and hung out with us on Sunday morning, which was awesome and amazing. Um, and honestly, it just did my heart some good to see uh, students in the room again and hanging out with them. Uh, Wednesday nights are great, but Sundays are, are another great opportunity for us to be together. All right, we are continuing a series tonight uh, called Uncommon. We started this series, uh, let's see, two weeks ago, I think it was, and um, we've been talking about this idea of how as Christians and how in our lives as believers, we are to live differently because we uh, model our lives as Christians after Jesus himself, right? I mean, that's kind of where the whole term Christian comes from. If you break it down, it means to be Christ-like. Um, and and Jesus' life was completely different than what anyone in the world had ever seen before. He truly lived an uncommon life. And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about that a little bit. We've, we've talked about how in our, um, our communities, uh, things should be different. The way that we live together, the way that we serve together, the way we worship together should be different. Uh, we talked about how we're called to be different. And tonight, we're going to continue this series um, talking about something that you've probably heard before, uh, something that you're very familiar with. Every single one of you is familiar with this word, uh, but it's the idea of love. And, and I know what you're thinking, it's not Valentine's Day, why are we talking about love? No, we're not talking romantic love, we're talking about the uncommon love of God. Because when you really look at what God did, and the way that he lives his life, and the way that he describes love, it's totally different than the way the world perceives love, Right? I mean, if, if, you, if you were honest with yourselves and you looked at the difference between, like, the love that's portrayed on movies and on TV and in music and in our culture, and then you compare it to the way the Word of God describes love, they're polar opposites. They really don't go together. Because God's love is truly uncommon. It's different. It's unexpected. It, it, it operates from a different standard. It operates with a different set of rules. But before we get into that, let me review a little bit kind of where we've been. 
Week number one, let's talk about our first week. If you were here, um, or maybe you watched online, because we are streaming this on YouTube, and then it's available to watch after. So if you ever miss a week, and we're going to continue to do this even after coronavirus is done, uh, you can go back and watch the, lesson, the messages if you miss a week, or you can watch it live or on replay. We also have just started uh, putting all of the audio from the messages um, in middle school and high school on a podcast. So you can just go to anywhere you w- listen to podcasts um, and just search Cross Life Students, and it should pop up, and you'll be able to listen to uh, the messages there as well. So if you ever miss a week, you can go back and watch. So if you haven't heard these two messages on the front end of the series, I encourage you, go back and listen to them. Uh, and on podcasts, it's nice because you listen to them in double time, and then it sounds like a chipmunk is preaching at you, and it only takes up half the time, all right? It's a really a great, great experience for you. But week number one, we're going to talk real quick. Um, what was our phrase? What was, un- what was uncommon? Like, what did we talk about in week one? Anybody remember? Come on now. Community. Excellent. Want another shirt? Congratulations. You already got one, and you get another one. All right. Great. Uncommon community, right? We talked about this idea of the early church and Acts and the, the, the followers of Jesus that were there after he left earth and he ascended back into heaven, how they lived their lives differently, right? They pursued things differently. They, they were devoted to Jesus, his teachings, his church, his followers, his prayers. Um, and then we, we challenged each other to experience this community together, be a different kind of community. Um, not just a group of friends like you would have in school, but truly brothers and sisters in Christ that cared for one another, that encouraged one another, that helped one another, that challenged each other to live a better life. All right, last week, last week we continued this, um, this series, and we, we talked about uh, a phrase, well, it was kind of our catch line, anybody remember what that phrase was or something along the lines of what it was about. Don't make me like feel bad about my teaching styles if you guys don't remember this. Oh, this is crushing me, guys. You're crushing me. Anybody? All right, I'll help you out. You are blank to be uncommon. Who said it? There it is. Called to be uncommon. Congratulations, man. You get yourself a custom Cross Life Students hat Uh, We just had these made up, man. Wear them proudly. Excited for you. Congratulations. All right, good. So we're called to be uncommon. And in that, we talked about this idea of how we are to live differently. We're to um, model God's love in the way that we interact. We're to model the way that Jesus lived in everything that we do. And we talked about how we have our plans, but in order to live an uncommon life and live a life that we're called to be uncommon in is we have to rely on God's plan and not our own plan, right? We talked about how we, we can't try to pursue everything we want to do and ignore what God has called us to do. So we challenged you to, to really focus on that and, and to seek God first in everything that you do and the rest will come along. Well, tonight we're talking about love. The uncommon love. Something that is different about God is his love. The world defines love in so many ways. I mean, if you were to like walk down the street and just randomly like pick people and be like, hey, define love. What are some of the things that you think you would hear from people? Anybody? This is the part of the, t- the, the, the night where you talk back. How would people desc- de- define or describe love? A connection between two people, okay, yeah. 
What else? Yeah, Lydia. Caring for somebody. Okay. Yeah. What else? Yeah. Chick-fil-A. And all God's people said amen, right? Um, listen, my love language is Chick-fil-A. So if anybody ever wants to bring me a number one with sweet tea or a peach milkshake if it's in that season, like my office door is open Monday through Thursday, nine to five, feel free to drop off at any time. You too, YouTube channel people, feel free, all right? But um, we love Chick-fil-A or we love something. Like it, we're, it's sports are kicking back up and I'm, I'm a sports fan. Like so my life feels like it's somewhat normal because I'm able to like turn on TV and actually see sports. Even though my team crushed me, I will still say that I love the 49ers. Like I am a 49ers fan. I've been a 49ers fan since I was a kid. Like I love football. I love sports. I love things that, that go on with that. I love my family, right? I love my wife. I love my kids. Um, I, I love you guys. Like, I love what I get to do. I love student ministry. I love the church. I love this. But all of that pales in comparison to the way God defines love. Because we use that word love as like a, a caring for someone, an intense feeling of deep affection is how the, the dictionary describes it and defines it. Or a, a, a feel, a deep attachment to. You say, oh man, I love that. Because you feel attached to it. Or you feel like a connection with it. But God's definition is totally different. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard these, this chapter in 1 Corinthians read. And we're not going to stay here tonight. I just want to point you to it. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? And this is one of those, like, one of those, passages that you'll hear a lot at weddings um, because it, it's talking all about love. Chapter 13, starting in verse number one, it says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and of knowledge, and if, all, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It, is not, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends pretty broad description of love, but in that you also see a challenge. You can accomplish all these great things in the world, but if you do it without love, it's meaningless. You think God puts a, a heavy um, weight on the idea of doing things in love and doing things God's way and loving the way God loves and, and, and defining love differently. We're called to love it should be infused in all that we do. Yet, we don't. We don't necessarily love in all things. Because, let me bring you in on a little secret, we as human beings are selfish. Would you agree? 
right? Like, we like our stuff for us. We like things the way we want them. And to be selfish is the antithesis, the opposite, the complete opposite of love. Because to love someone is to do everything you can to possibly serve them. Because God defined love a little differently. If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 is where we're going to be. Go ahead and open up your Bible app. That's where we're going to be the rest of the night. 1 John chapter 4 is where, where, where God gives a little bit more of a description of love. The author here, John, is, he, he is describing love and challenging us in the way that we love telling us how God loved. This is the model that's been given to us on how we should live our lives. This is the model that's been given to us in the way that we should go day in and day out, the way that we should be living our lives. 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse number 7. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Catch those last three words. So important that as Christians we understand this. Those last three words of that statement. God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son to the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever see, never seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And it goes on throughout the rest of that chapter talking about how like God's love is in us and it causes us to live differently and he, he proves his love for us by, by sending his son to die for us and giving us his spirit and all these things. Then in verse number 20, excuse me, in verse number 18 it says this, there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perf perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has, can, he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whomever loves God must also love his brother. There's a lot there in those 13, 14 verses or so. But here's the thing, guys. I need you to understand that in this passage, we continue to see that God cares greatly about love. It's no accident that throughout Scripture, you, this theme pops up. And not just in these two passages. There's passages all throughout Scripture that talk about God's love for his creation, God's love for his people.
And it, what I want to do tonight, as we challenge ourselves to live in this uncommon love and to have this uncommon trait, to, to live by a different standard, I want to point out to you guys that if God is love, right? Like, remember those three words, God is love. So if that statement is true, right, which it is, how is his love different? How is his love different than the love we see around day in and day out? What makes God's love uncommon? What sets it apart? What makes it different than me uh, hugging my kids goodnight and saying I love you? Or hugging my football jersey and saying I love the 49ers? Or grabbing that number one and taking that first bite and just saying, thank you, Jesus, I love this Chick-fil-A sandwich. Like, what is it that sets God's love apart from all those other statements? Yeah, it is. It's unconditional. It, 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 it's, it's rooted in something totally different than what our love for things are, is. Is, yeah, that's the right way. I speak real good. It's good. All right, but here's the thing. Like, First thing is this. God expressed his love differently. You need to understand that God expressed his love differently than we ever will. And we see that in 1 John 4. It says this. God expressed his love in giving. We see that in verse 9. Verse 9, it says, In this love, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that, he, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. He gave his son. He, he gave up his one and only son, not just to come and live among us, because he did, but knowing that he would die for us. He expressed his love through giving. The ultimate gift the ultimate gift of salvation through his son, Jesus. We give gifts to those that we love, but never like this. Like there's a lot of you in this room that I love, but I'm not sending my son to die for you. Gavin edges each one of you out. <laughs> it's a different kind of love. He expressed his love through giving. He also expressed his love in dying. Verse number 10, in this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, to be the atonement, to be the payment for our sins. How did that happen? Through his death on the cross. The blood that was shed on the cross was an expression of God's love. It's different. It sets apart. It's different than anything you could ever think of, anything you could ever wrap your head around. He expresses love through dying. He expresses love through giving. But God also expressed his love in forgiving. Verse 17, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is so also are we 
in this world. What this means is because God gave his son, he sent his son for us, and because Jesus died for us, we have an opportunity at the free gift of salvation. The ultimate gift has been given us, and our sins are forgiven. And when we live in that truth and we know that we've been forgiven, we have confidence on the day of judgment. It talks about how we have confidence because we know we've been forgiven. Anybody ever have a grudge held against them that you've never been forgiven about? Maybe by a friend or a family member? You know that like feeling in your gut when that's going on? You're just uneasy. You're not confident. You're uncomfortable. That's gone with Jesus. Because all those sins have already been forgiven. They've been wiped away. God expressed his love for us by forgiving those sins, by by giving us the gift of Jesus and the death of Jesus. We have forgiveness of sin, which gives us boldness and confidence, knowing that our slate is clean. God expressed his love in forgiving. God expressed his love in dying. God expressed his love in giving. His love is different. The way that he operates is different. The way that he operates, it's uncommon. It's not like anything else in the world. It's not like any other God that we could ever learn about or or that other religions might teach about because God's love is different. And listen, his love also explains all that he does. Let me explain that everything that God did is motivated by his love. God created everything you see, including you, spoke you into existence, formed you in your mother's womb because he wanted us to love. He loves his creation and he created us so that we could love as well. He also cares. Why does God care? Because he loves his people. That's one of the greatest things about God is that you can know deep down in your heart that he truly cares about you. God is concerned with you. He loves you. He loves his people. It also explains why Christ died. We talked about this already. Like His love for us was so great that he was willing to send his son to die on the cross, to die a sinner's death so that your sins, my sins, could be forgiven. Most quoted Bible verse of all time, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He loved us so much that he gave us his son so that we could be with him. His love is the explanation of Christ's death. But then this last part. It also explains why people receive eternal life. God's love expresses itself for eternity. 
You may have heard like, God's love is eternal, it's everlasting, it's all these words that get thrown around with God's love. That's because it never stops. There's never a point where God will be like, all right, I'm done loving you. Even when you take your last breath here on earth, and if you're a Christian, if you if you've accepted that gift of salvation, and, and, and you stand in the presence of God in heaven, guess what? For eternity, that love will be there burning for you. God's love is different. It's uncommon. It's a different kind of love that you'll ever experience in your entire life. Now listen, I love my wife more than any other earthly thing in the world. But the love that God has for me makes that love that I have for my wife seem this big. That's saying a lot. I need you guys to know that this love is different. This love is life-changing. This love can transform you. It can transform me. And if there's anybody in this room that has never truly experienced that love, that God's love, that forgiveness, that, that life transformation that can take place because of God's love, because God's loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you, if you've never accepted that gift... I want you to know that you can do it right now. You could do it right where you're seated. You could do it tonight. You could do it tomorrow. You could do it anytime because God's love is constant. God wants you uh, to, to love him back. He wants to, to love you eternally. He wants to express his love for you eternally in heaven. But the only way that happens is if you accept that gift of salvation that he offers by making him your Lord and Savior, by asking him to forgive you of your sins, by asking him to express his love for you through forgiveness. Maybe that's you. I recognize almost every face in this room and I know most of us in this room would say, yeah, I've already done that. I accept Jesus a long time ago. But maybe there's one in here that hasn't. Maybe there's one in here that says they have, but they've never actually taken that step. I want to give you that opportunity tonight before we finish. The uncommon love of God transforms lives. It changes lives. It causes you to live differently. It causes you to, to operate by a different standard. My hope and prayer is that every single one of you in here would have that love permeating in your heart and overflowing as an expression of love to everyone that you interact with. Let's live that uncommon life. Let's live that uncommon love day in and day out. I want every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody's messing around. Nobody's talking. 
This is just a time for you to talk to God. If you're in this room and you've given your life to Christ at one point, you've, you've asked God to forgive you of your sins, you're a Christian, you would claim Christianity, you would claim that, that God has forgiven your sins, I want to ask you to do me a favor. I want you to sit right where you are and just say a prayer, like pray to God, ask him to continue to reveal his love to you and fill you up with his love so that you can live that uncommon life, that you can impact people with your life. But maybe you're in this room and you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. You've never asked him to to wash you clean. You've never asked him to, to forgive you of the sins in your life so that if you were to die, you would go to heaven rather than hell. You could take care of that right now. There's no magic phrase. There's not like a magic like word that you have to say in order for it to happen. It's a cry of your heart. And you say something along these lines silently. He'll hear your prayer. Just mean it with all that you say and say something along these lines. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner that needs your love. That needs your forgiveness that needs that gift that you offer us through your son Jesus God save me and then just in the quietness of your heart follow it up with a simple amen Nobody in the room is looking around but myself. I want to be able to pray for you. If that was you, if you said that prayer for the first time and you meant it with all that you know, I want you to do me a favor. Just, I'm not going to have you stand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But just look up at me. Make eye contact with me if that's you. Long enough so I can see you and you, you see me see you. I see you. Anybody else? All right, those that looked at me, look at me again. Look up at me. Just keep your eyes on me real quick. Best decision you'll ever make in your entire life. To follow Jesus, to live for Jesus. It's life-altering. 100% best thing, best decision you've ever made right now in this, in this moment. Because if you were to die right now, God would take you to heaven because you've been forgiven. Your sins have been washed clean. It's the greatest thing you could ever do. We'll be praying for you. You can put your head back down. Everyone else, as we get ready to finish in a time of worship, I want you all to know that every single one of us, myself included, has been called to live an uncommon life. We've been called to love one another. Remember what it said in 1 John, where we are called to love one another. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever love has been born of God and knows God. 
if you know God, if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, let's prove it to people in the way that we love, in the way that we interact with the people around us. Let's live an uncommon life that shines brightly for Jesus. Everybody right where you are. I want everybody to stand up. Stand up right where you are. I'm going to pray for us. Patrick's going to lead us in a, in a song of worship. And then we'll close. And I'll make a few announcements before we send you guys out. But let's take this time of worship. And let's express our love back to Jesus. Let's express ourselves to him through song, through our posture, through the way that we, we, we speak to him, the way that we sing to him, the way that we focus on him in this moment. Let's love him well. Father, I thank you for these students in this room, Lord. I thank you for those that gave their lives to you right now here. Lord, I pray that uh, someone would come alongside them and, and, and guide them and direct them and lead them. Lord, I pray that they would tell someone. Lord, that they, they would uh, tell someone so that we could celebrate with them. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love well the way that you have loved. Lord, help us to love others. Help us to um, accept that love that you've given us, but then also express that love in every interaction that we have. Help us to have an uncommon life that reflects your uncommon love. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let's sing together, guys.